Hello, and welcome to the Van Life Lab podcast, where we're all about exploring the trials and joys of van life. I'm Kayla Fratt, joined today by my co-host Colby, um, while our third is off on his bachelor weekend. We're going to give him a pass on this one. Today, Colby and I are here to talk to you about working on the road, working from our vans. We have two different perspectives on this conversation. I am a freelance writer and solopreneur, and Colby has um, a more typical nine to five job. So as usual, we're going to start off with where in the world we're coming to you from. I am currently recording from an Airbnb in Leon, Nicaragua, while Saga is getting some routine maintenance done. Colby, where are you coming from today? Yeah, I am off in the middle of the desert near the Superstition Mountains in Arizona. Ooh, are they spooky? (laughs) They're stunning, I'll tell you that much. It's just like flat BLM land, cacti, and then this huge like rock mountain. Cool. Yeah, I have not heard of those before, but maybe maybe next time in the Southwest, I'll give them a visit. All right. Before we get to our interview, we're going to ask all of you to give this podcast a quick share somewhere on social media or a review wherever you're listening. This really helps more listeners find us. But we'll get right into it. So Colby, why don't you start out with telling us a little bit about what your workday generally looks like? How much of your day are you on calls versus doing deep work? Do you have to be connected to the internet for all of your work? What does your work actually look like? Yeah, that's a great place to start. Um, I am on line, so I need to be connected to some sort of internet. And we talked all about that in episode eight, I think, all the different types of internet. Uh, I have to be connected eight hours a day minimum and 24 hours a day if I'm on call, which is like once every two months. So no matter what, I either need to be on a Zoom call or doing work that requires internet. Right now, I am on a team that sadly (laughs) requires a lot of Zoom calls, which takes not only more internet bandwidth and requires stronger internet than just kind of me working solo, but it also has the added difficulties of two of us being together in this van um, while obviously I'm on a Zoom call like 75% of the day. Um, So yeah, that's what my day looks like. A little bit more predictable than I'm guessing yours. Do you want to tell us what your work days look like? Yeah, mine, uh, as you've hinted at, can be kind of all over the place. So when I am working on freelance writing, I actually generally can do most of that work without internet. Um, Most of my freelance writing these days kind of surrounds dog behavior and dog training. So I can do a lot of that writing just from um, like offline Google Docs. And then at some point I need to get back online and do some editing and add, you know, add links or add videos or those sorts of things. But then I also do a lot of mentoring for the conservation dog side of things. And that does require to be on Zoom um, or occasionally WhatsApp calls, which is a little bit easier to manage from the road as far as internet. But it does, it varies quite a bit. And I'm often kind of trying to figure out how to schedule where I'm going to be parking and what I'm going to be doing on a given day around work because my workday is just really inconsistent. Today, for example, this is our last call of the day. And it is 13 hours after my first call of the day. Um, So I've kind of had a day today where it's like I needed Zoom access literally all day. Yeah, so I think it's pretty clear that whether you have a nine to five or you're a solopreneur, internet connection is one of the, the bigger things that you will need, as well as a space that is comfortable. Yes, yeah. And I'm really excited to get into the space because since you all have built your own van, you probably have much better answers for that than me. My back hurts all the time. Um, (laughs) 
So Colby, what were some of the things you were most worried about when you started working from the van or as you started transitioning into the van while you already had your job? Yeah, quite a bit. I think it it's one of those things that is a huge roadblock to people who want to live in a van. They think it's going to be extremely difficult to hold a, a job, a, a nine to five, or even just be able to work. And the truth is there's a couple of factors that make it difficult, but they're all things that you can overcome if you address them one by one and really spend time thinking about them. And for me, they were internet, being comfortable like you hinted at. And for that, I mean ergonomics. As we've hinted at or as we've told before, this is our second conversion van. And in the first one, we put zero thought into extremely small things like, is the bench at a right height for me to sit with my feet flat on the floor and my knees bent and my elbows bent? Like, we in our second van pretty much just measured <laughs> our, you know, bodies to make sure that we could sit if we needed to for eight hours a day to be comfortable. And that's an extremely small thing. But if you do it right at the beginning, it's going to make your jobs a lot more easier. Um, additionally, the other things that I had to, that were kind of things I had to think about were, is it going to be possible for me to be on a Zoom call eight hours a day when there's two of us in a small space? You, not only did I want to make sure I could focus, but I also didn't want to annoy Eric all of the time because there's, you know, two of us, even if he wasn't on Zoom calls, which he actually is. But we, we needed to figure out how to make that work. And what we kind of settled on was noise-canceling headphones. Really good ones are expensive, but oftentimes your company will pay for them. So ask because it is part of your remote work setup. And just having the ability even to wear them if I'm not on a Zoom call, but to tune each other out is really helpful. And yeah, I think I, think I covered my three points. Internet being comfortable while working. Oh, and circling back on internet. I don't want to dive too deep into that because we dedicated a whole episode to it. But for me, knowing that I would need it no matter what, my Monday through Friday, eight hours a day, our, our route that we took was just redundancy and reliability. So we always have two different ways that we can get internet, and that's through cell towers and satellite. And 90% of the time, we just use the cell towers, which is our antenna outside. But the 10% of the time that that doesn't work, I just like knowing that I can pop up our Starlink satellite and get usable internet, especially down in the south. So having backups for everything is also really good. And obviously a big, bigger investment up front. But Eric's motto around this is if we use it so if we're say we're paying a Starlink subscription and I'm using it one day out of the month, like if that allowed us to be in BLM land and me work out there one or two days a month, the subscription is worth it because that's what me working is what keeps us on the road. So it's kind of all over, but <laughs> there's a lot of things to think about. Is there anything that you want to add to that for, for your situation? Yeah, I think you covered a lot of the same things that I was worried about. I think for me, one of the ones that I've struggled with the most is those compromises. Um, because I am freelance, because I do own my own business, and because I've chosen the van, I have really struggled with 
kind of feeling like I resent my work or resent needing to be somewhere where I can have that cell service and have that powerful connection that I need to do my work. And I think that was that was the biggest thing I was worried about was kind of the logistics of making that work. And then uh, the the reality has been that I have sometimes felt very frustrated with like, it feels like sometimes I'm not able to do either thing well. Mm -hmm. I'm not just traveling and having a great time and camping wherever I want, nor am I showing up super professional and on time and with a great consistent internet connection and with a professional looking background in my Zoom calls all of the time. And that has been something that I've definitely struggled with and was the biggest thing I was worried about as well. I think that's a really great point. I I have that thought at least once once a week. I just and I I wouldn't say I've gotten over that because it still is true. Like you can see people in the absolute middle of nowhere coming back once a week to post on Instagram and it's like that's awesome. But we also have to remind ourselves that this is how we can live this lifestyle, right? Like we couldn't be yes, on the road. Exactly. Yeah, we, we just couldn't do it if if we didn't make money for ourselves. So I always mm-hmm. remind myself of that. And then it also makes me think of kind of everything I mentioned to our first van versus this van. I know I keep saying that. My work, like feelings around work and comfortability were just so much different because we didn't plan around it. And so if people can just upfront prioritize I know it kind of stinks to like prioritize work and your work setup it'll make a world of a difference like it has for me like I'm so comfortable and I feel grateful like I'm in the middle of the desert right now talking to you I can't see a single person there's just cacti and that's because we did a good job making sure our van could do that so yeah not to kind of make you (laughs) you feel bad for not being able to do that in your van build Yeah, no, I think, but I think it's a really good reminder. And it's one of several things that I've been thinking about Mm -hmm. as far as like, if I ever do go ahead and build my own van, there's quite a few things that I would be changing. The one I've been daydreaming about a lot lately is having a second fan over the Mm -hmm. bed. But there's a lot of stuff around work that I would really like to change, given the opportunity. So why don't we why don't we jump right into that then as someone who did build your own van, um, because I didn't do my own build. And honestly, I try pretty hard not to do most of my work from inside the van. I am often working either outdoors where I have better cell signal, and obviously that works better in Central America than it does in the winter in the U.S., Mm -hmm. or I'm often working from coffee shops or, you know, kind of wherever we are that day, hostels, et cetera, where, you know, I can buy a beer and then sit down and work for six hours. But so for you, you are working from inside the van. What are some of the things that either we haven't mentioned yet or you wanted to dive into a little bit more that helped you feeling comfortable and focused and professional while you're at work? Yeah. Also, great point about coffee shops and breweries and all those things. Those also keep me going. I would say at least once a week I do, quote unquote, get out to go to a new office just because the change of scenery is very much needed. So in terms of during the van build, I touched on internet and ergonomics. I think those are the two main ones. The third would just be if you have a another person, um, making sure that there's a way for you to work comfortably while the other person is also in the van. So we made sure almost to have different rooms 
So I would say almost every day during the week, either Eric or I is in kind of the main living area and the other person is in the bed working, which is, I know you're supposed to like keep the bed for sleeping, but that's our second room. So who's ever feeling more lazy will just kind of lounge in bed and work while the other has the standing desk or the sitting desk and then we'll swap. So having different places to work as well as if you need a second monitor, making sure that either where you mount it. So there's two routes you can go and I've done both. (laughs) Um, You can do a permanently mounted second monitor just to up productivity and things, but that does tie you to one spot in your van. So when we first built this right near the kitchen dinette, we had a permanent monitor on the wall and it was great, but I had to sit in that one seat all the time and I didn't love that. So I ended up going for a portable monitor and we just completely took it off the wall, opened up more space. And now I work with a portable monitor that allows me to stand, sit, go outside, all the above. So just kind of thinking, really sitting down and thinking about what your day is truly going to look like when you're building your van and building it around that. Yeah, I know, but I'm really glad you mentioned kind of the the logistics of having multiple people in the van at the same time. That's something I've really been struggling with as right now we actually have three people in the van at a, a lot of the time right now because my boyfriend Danny is staying with us. Um, and then at night and my friend Tony is with me for the next month and a half still. She's been with me since January. Um, we're not all sleeping together, um, thank goodness. But you know, during the day until Tony's got her tent set up, we we do have mm-hmm. three people, and it's, so it's just been really challenging. I really haven't been taking calls from the van, but even when it's just me in the van, um, where I tend to sit and work is I have like a dinette area where I can put my laptop up, and then I'm on um, the storage cube that is also the step up into the bed, mm-hmm. which then means that if the dogs want to get off the bed and go and get some water or get back on the bed after sleeping on the floor or something like that, I'm kind of constantly having to like get up and let the dogs move past. And, you know, I work professionally in the dog world, so people get it, but it it can be a little frustrating. And maybe actually, Colby, why don't we rewind a little bit and tell us a little bit about, um, so you said one of the spaces that you'll work is the bed. Um, Do you ever use your pilot's chairs? Uh, You know, I've seen some options with the swivel chairs or with desks that can be added to the uh, to the steering wheel. Describe where you generally tend to work and what that actually looks like so that people have a better picture of what that is if they haven't seen seen your Instagram yet or can't see you the way I can see you right now. That's a great question, actually. So the main one that I always start at because I try to be, you know, good and ergonomic is our, we have one long kitchen galley countertop, you know, kind of where your fri- you know, your fridge is under it and it's your main workspace. We only have one, so it's just on one side of the, ve- the van. And we designed it to, when I'm standing, be at my like ergonomic elbow angle. It's hard to describe, but like when you stand and put your arms at a 90 degree and you pretend to type on a keyboard, we purposely designed our counter at that exact height. So I start there every day standing. And then typically after a couple hours, I move to our dinette, which is a, just a sitting situation. And now that it's warm enough, I we just have a camp chair. So I'll work outside. We're actually currently 
thinking about how to put a, a pop down table on the outside of our galley. So when we open the slider door, we can work there. And then, like you mentioned, both of our seats swivel and for transits and sprinters, these seats are incredibly comfortable. But I learned recently that ProMasters are notoriously extremely uncomfortable in those passenger and driver seats because they were literally made for like plumbers who are like going down the block and getting out. <laughs> so uh, if you're in a, yeah, so they really were meant for like trips around the block. So if you're in a ProMaster, this might not be as great of an option, but in sprinters and transits, the the two seats swiveling around, or even like you said, getting a little desk for the steering wheel is also an option. So small van, big possibilities. Yeah, no, I love that. What do you do for shade when you're working outside um, so that you can actually see your screens? Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> the biggest struggle. I always position the van <laughs> So that the first four hours of the day, the van actually shades me and that's parking like north to south. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. So the, it'll, and our van is super tall, so that's fine. But then later in the day, um, I, we have an awning that's really easy to put up. It's inflatable, actually. It's called Day Lodge. Super cool. And so I'll just pop the awning up, but nothing like okay. earth shattering. Do you have anything better? I used to have a really cool, um, it was actually a laptop case that then Ooh. had a hood that came out probably eight inches on all three sides of your screen. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was from like a Danish company. I don't even know if they still exist. I'll try to dig it up for the show notes. Um, but unfortunately, when I, I upgraded from a MacBook Air to a MacBook Pro and they didn't have one that fit the Pro. So I don't have one anymore, mm -hmm. but I really liked it. And it was even just good for working out of outside of coffee shops a lot of times um, yeah. because I tend to work outside, partially because I tend to be in Central America, but also partially because I tend to have, you know, somewhere between one and one dog and two dogs and a cat with me. Um, so we don't tend to go inside of facilities. Yep. Although in Central America, again, that actually a lot of times, like you can just bring your dogs into places if yeah. you want, as long as they don't bite or cause cause problems. Yeah, of course. So. Definitely. Yeah. If you could dig that up, that's awesome. So we talked a little bit about, you said, you know, now that you have more people in the van, you've adjusted your working style to be more outside of the van and coffee shops and things. Are there any other adjustments you've made say compared to your apartment life with your job on the road? Yeah, I I think the biggest one was that I transitioned phone plans to get mm. something that has unlimited hotspotting and, you know, at the best internet that I can. That's been a lot more challenging here in Central America, but, you know, we're doing the best <laughs> we can. And previously, I was doing a lot more freelance web design mm -hmm. and some other things that were a little bit more internet heavy. And now I'm really trying to move myself more over into content creation, like mm -hmm. writing sorts of roles, which I was already doing a lot of because those are better suited to spotty internet. You know, as you guys covered so well in your internet episode, hot spotting off your phone or using some of these less reliable methods, a big part of the problem is just that it might drop off on you or that it might be really slow. It can be either of those. But either way, neither of those is as big of a problem if most of my work is writing. And, you know, I can deal with slow speeds. I can deal with the internet cutting out for two minutes and then mm -hmm. coming back as long as I'm not on video calls or like 
in the middle of updating someone's website and then it crashes when something wasn't saved. So it's been a lot of as a freelancer thinking about what sort of roles work well for me. What about for you? Yeah, those are all great points. I think what I would add is everything takes more effort and you kind of hinted towards this, you know, having internet, planning your route. But for me also, getting into deep focus takes more effort, whether it be, you know, we're stuck at a truck stop all day because the winds are high and I have to deal with like a horn blaring all day or even just, you know, Eric's taking a consulting call. And so I'm trying to like do this really intense thing, but also, you know, tune each other out. So the extra effort to get into deep focus and the noise canceling headphones have helped that a lot, as well as finding Spotify playlists that are actually meant for deep focus. This is a thing you can type like deep focus in Spotify and like the beat frequency like really helps. (laughs) That's been a major hack. And then the one big change I made was because you're in a van, that's your bed and your kitchen and your office. I started putting everything away at the end of the day, instead of just like leaving everything on my quote unquote desk, like everything goes away in the cabinet, work phone is off. And I bookend the day by getting outside, walking, running in the morning and after work. And that has allowed me to kind of shift into to life mode more than before when I didn't do that. So, and that, that brings me to the next thing. So how do you route plan knowing you need internet or do you need to be on grade nine to five? Because that's been, again, that's been just something that I've really struggled with. And you have so much more scheduling consistency than I do. Maybe, maybe being, maybe the consistency is better in some ways because you just know what you have to deal with every single day. Um, But how do you deal with it? It's, we have rules around this because we didn't and it was chaos. And the best way to deal with this is honestly, we get a lot of questions on Instagram and it's like, well, like, how do you live your life knowing that you need internet and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just accept that you do. Yes, it's shitty. And like, yeah, we can't be like everyone and be completely off the grid. But truth is, like, our jobs keep us on the road. So just sw- shifting your mindset to, like, I, n- I need internet. Like, end of story. And not kind of getting down about it. Never be driving to a BLM campsite when you have a meeting that's a close call. Because <laughs> if you're, you've probably done this too. Like, you're going to a spot on iOverlander and you get there and it's taken. So you have to go to the next one. Like, you're never just going to arrive at your ETA and set up and get working. Like, you need to be driving to new places with a huge buffer. And for us, that's become, we limit our driving. Actually, I wouldn't say we limit our driving to just the weekends, but what we were doing before is we were moving every day. And that's bad for a couple reasons. It's just who wants to drive every day, but also kind of settling into the routine of like Monday through Friday, we need to prioritize work and we work where the internet is good and then we can send it on the weekends and move. Or if we need to drive after work when we don't have time commitments to reach. And then of course we use, if you go on iOverlander, oftentimes the comments will have, and you probably know this, it'll it'll talk about the internet connection. So we kind of cross-reference that and seeker while we're picking spots. And 
other than that, there's also, and I've actually found this a bit more reliable. <laughs> I hate to say this, but because our antenna is so great, like sometimes or most of the time people will be like, there's no internet at this campsite. And I get there and I have like full coverage because of our antenna. So we actually found this website and I will link it because it's like one of the best things I've ever found from like the federal government. And it's a overlay of all the cell carriers across I actually think it might be the world but I could double check and so we'll just cross-reference google maps with the cell coverage map to make sure that we'll have internet does that kind of make sense yeah no that's brilliant um yeah and I've done I've done a slightly different thing where I try the rhythm that I've been trying to curate with my life right now has been because I'm in Central America and it's so freaking hot here and it's also been really windy lately. So if I'm trying to surf, everything needs to happen mm-hmm. in the morning. If I'm going to be outside, if I'm going to be doing anything with the dogs, if I'm going to be having fun, if I'm going to be really doing anything, it's going to happen before 10 a.m. So I've been trying really hard not to schedule calls or do any work until 10 a.m. at the very earliest. And then surfing is also just a very frustrating <laughs> sport for this because you'll have days where you wake up at 5 a.m. and you carry your damn board down to the beach and then you get there and it's just no good. Um, or you care, or you've got a call scheduled at 10 a.m. and then the surf is amazing and you want to stay in until noon, Um, and it's like, ah, this is the first good day in weeks. But anyway, that's just I'm very frustrating sport to learn, and so I've been trying not to schedule calls until 10 a.m. at the earliest, and then I've actually really been trying to stack up my calls after 6 p.m. And that's because in Central America, it's really considered best practice not to drive after dark um, because of cows and potholes and in some areas, you know, like roadside tomfoolery. Um, (laughs) So I try really hard not to drive after dark. And in the tropics, the sun pretty much always sets at 6 p.m. And a lot of times there's just not much to do. You know, I'm not playing outside after, after dark generally, and I'm not going out to eat or doing fun stuff every single evening. So I've been really trying to like almost have like a crescendo in my calls throughout the day um, and stack up as much as possible after dark. And then I'm driving kind of during that hottest part Mm -hmm. of the day if I'm driving at all that day. So I'm driving when I really like it's too hot to focus on work and it's certainly too hot to be outside so I can drive and have the AC on. I think what's clear from kind of both of us is having a plan like when you're working and living on the road you just kind of figure out what is best for you and work around it and just accept that it is what it is and try to stick to it as much as possible because once you figure it out you'll you'll get into a rhythm and it'll it'll work out so i think the best thing to end with is a speed fire round (laughs) to you about the hardest and or I should say the hardest thing about working from the road and the thing you love most. So what for you is the hardest thing about working from the road? Yeah. So my speed thing is basically it's, I just feel unprofessional mm-hmm. about what time zones I'm in or the delusion that I'm going to be able to work on a driving day and that I'm late or I miss calls or that I'm going to be able to work while someone else drives. And then I end up either missing calls or just being really behind on work. And again, I also, one other thing that I haven't mentioned, and I know this is a speed run, also, I just, for me, I don't work, I don't care what day of the week it is, I don't care what time it is, I work when I Mm -hmm. can, and when it works with the rest of my schedule. Um, So, like, last week, I didn't work 
hardly at all on Thursday or Friday, but I worked almost full days Saturday, Sunday. And there's a part of me that feels sad about that sometimes, but also I didn't work Thursday and Friday. So like, yeah. who cares that I spent my Sunday working? I, I still got the same time off. So there. What's, what's the worst for you? Oh, I would say FOMO. Just kind of like we both hinted at this whole time, mm-hmm. as you know, there's people who live on the road who don't have to stress about these things who don't have to think about internet or, you know, I switched jobs a couple months ago and you like really got to be on for the first couple months, like on more than you have to be normally to prove that you're reliable working from a van in the middle of nowhere. So that is stressful. But I think like we've said many times, it's, it's what keeps us on the road. So you accept it. What do you love most about working from the road? I mean, the views and the flexibility, I, what I've been saying a lot lately is that I'm poor, but I really <laughs> love my life. Um, and I'm trying really hard not to work too hard while still building something I'm really proud of. Um, and I try really hard to work hard when I'm on and then play hard when I'm not. And I, I really love that. The flexibility and the constant change honestly works pretty well for me. What about you? Yeah, I think it's the views and just sometimes I have to pinch myself like this week when I look out the door and I'm working a corporate job and there's a beautiful sunrise and a cactus and I can't see a person for miles. It's like, am I really getting to do this? Like I know 90% of my company is sitting behind a desk and I'm here. So it's just those moments that I really hang on to. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up here. So for everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. Or maybe you're on the road. I hope you're on the road. If you'd like to keep in touch (laughs) and keep up with Eric and Colby, you can find them online at engineerswhovanlife.com or on Instagram at engineerswhovanlife. Myself and my menagerie of dogs and cats can be found at Collies Without Borders on Instagram and YouTube. I will get a YouTube video up again one day, I swear. I also write at journeydogtraining.com. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.